0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: So, the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, and the latest matchup reports for. We've got baseball going on right now. We've got some WNBA. We've got UFC. Bet online is your sports intel headquarters this season, as they have you covered for all of your insider sports wagering needs, from hockey to MLB, UFC, boxing, basketball, summer league basketball. They have it all. It is the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino uh, and card games that are available to play right from your home. Get into the action today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts.
0: And it is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. That, of course, is
1: at Marcus underscore Mosher. How are you, sir? I'm doing Already well. Know. I've been uh, just digesting all of this mini camp news, as uh, I know that the news is going to be coming far and few between over the next month and a half. Uh, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah, let's. I mean, guys,
0: I know how Marcus is doing because he was showing me all of his football cards. Marcus has been playing with his toys a lot lately. Yeah, it's it's hard to get him to put a ball back in the box and do. it. Can, I, can
1: I read you the latest football news and you just tell me if you're interested? Sure. Taysom Hill, playing more receiver this year for the Saints. No. Ben Skournick, not practicing with a foot injury. No. Yannick Ngakwe, yeah. hoping to get yeah. $10 million in free agency.
0: Great. You know, believe it or not, people devour this stuff. And I, I have to apologize to all of you guys that listen to us. Um, look, we have a very dedicated group of people that listen to us. And I, I we do really honestly appreciate it. It's It's fun to talk to you guys. But – I don't care about any of that stuff. And I am amazed that people listen to podcasts and they do football podcasts where they literally want to know who had a foot injury in OTAs and will they be ready for the first week of camp? It's like speaking of which check all, out Cowboys. We
1: just talked about all that kind of stuff from minicamp and OTA, so make sure you check it out. Yeah,
0: sweet, sweet. <laughs> so Marcus and I were having a conversation about fantasy and Wanted to kind of, you know, at the end of the week, guys, we always or generally Marcus and I do something a little more chillax at the end of the week. And we just got to talking about how fantasy football has changed so much. Mm -hmm. I I wanted Marcus to do a mock first round for us, because if you all listen to our last podcast, we talked about it a little bit. And we're going to do that next week. We're probably going to do Marcus's mock two rounds. I think it'd be good to do, especially because I know a lot of y'all play fantasy but it's amazing how much it has changed and Marcus is pretty much all in and I'm pretty much all out. So, um, I mean, I would say the biggest change that I've noticed that you've talked to me about is just this massive turn towards increased scoring
1: and kind of positivity. Yes. We should start with, so back when I was in college, I had to do a, uh, history paper on the uh, history of fantasy football, right? And it actually got started like in the late sixties became mm-hmm. more popular in the late eighties, early nineties, but it used to start out with you pick like th- three players and if they scored a touchdown, you got a point. And that's, yeah, that was the basis of fantasy football. Now it's evolved into something so much greater, but the, the original premise, like in the early nineties and two thousands was let's build a team or have a, you know, your fantasy manager, build a team that resembles something like you see on in the NFL, right? A quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, maybe a flex, a defense and a kicker. And that's how you build your fantasy team. Now, because fantasy has gotten so big, there's, a million different ways that you can set your scoring and lineups and how you play fantasy. And now there's leagues where you can play with, you know, millions of other people. It, it, it it is crazy how much things have evolved over the last 20, 30 years.
0: Yeah. So when I really became familiar with it, it was the late eighties, I think it was after the 87 season. And I remember reading, I, I remember it was the first time I read a preview magazine. So this would have been like a, like a 1988 Preview magazine mm-hmm. where they mentioned rotisserie football which is what the fantasy baseball was called then rotisserie baseball and mm-hmm. it was all based on touchdowns and so the most valuable guys were the short yardage running backs because it wasn't based on yards so if you had a there was a guy for the Bills named Rob Riddick who was a short yardage back probably ran for 250 yards but would get 10 touchdowns sure so he was valuable um and then in the late 90s um uh, I kind of saw more that people were selling fantasy football as, Hey man, it's like being a GM, you know? So you had a quarterback, you had two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, basically what was called a pro set offense back then. Uh, Marcus, that's 21 personnel. Uh, yeah, no, we've got to get the lingo down because that's what Twitter do. And, uh, what does that mean? Um, so that was kind of the whole deal, but it's it has evolved to something totally different. And what's funny to me is that football fans, football guys and gals were always kind of the people that made fun of the gamers, like the people that played board games, like played Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. And fantasy football has become, I think, even nerdier. So it, it just cracks me up that like the, the quote, cool kids actually are doing this. And now fantasy football does not resemble a real being a GM at all, really, because, I mean, Marcus, you were just telling me about a league today on the phone where, you know, you have a Superflex I thought – I knew people played in two quarterback leagues, but where you can put your quarterback in the flex. Let me tell you, my favorite games on Sunday are when you could play two quarterbacks. You have one line up under center, and the other one lines up under guard, and they both take the snap at the same time. It's so cool. It's just like – Sean real- Payton
1: apparently loved that too. He tried to do that forever with Taysom Hill and Drew Brees, right? <laughs> yeah. So apparently um, – uh, yeah. All right. So there's a couple of things we need to kind of get through. Do you want fantasy football – to resemble what you see on the field or do you want it to, or do you want it to be really competitive and balanced? So all the positions are kind of weighted equally, because I think the problem when you do a standard league, I'm calling standard one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers and a tight end is that running backs historically have kind of dominated. Right. And we've talked about this before. Like if you had LaDady and Tomlinson, we had to make up rules where, if you drafted LaDainian in the first round, you didn't get a second round pick because he was that overpowered. What do you prefer?
0: I have no problem. You know, I think, so there's a couple different ways to look at this. One, how it's changed, which is so many of the leagues have become full point PPR, one point per reception, which makes the receiver more valuable. It never used to be that way. The standard league was receiving yards and touchdowns only. Can we talk about why
1: why PPR became popular? It's because of the running backs that I was mentioning, right? Because LaDainian Tomlinson had, I mean, not even LaDainian, but there are a bunch of other running backs like Sean Alexander. They were so overvalued that you needed to give receivers some kind of additional points to put them on the same strat- stratosphere. I think that's part of it. But I would let's agree. be
0: honest, PPR actually enhanced some running backs' value because some running backs caught 75 balls. Like LTE. Yeah, so it, uh, LT, I think in 2000 was it four caught a hundred balls. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know I think a lot of it was just hey I, let's get scoring up. Score more scoring's better always. More scoring, you know. And so never mind the fact that when you score more, your opponent can score more too. But yeah, but I'd rather lose one twenty-five to one twenty than one fifty-five to one fifty. Or I'd rather lose one fifty-five to one fifty than lose one twenty-five to one twenty. And this is where you talk to me about the dopamine hit you get every time. Which, I mean,
1: we should talk about this. One of the reasons why leagues have kind of gone to these higher scoring formats is because it is exciting when you're watching a game on Sunday and you have Garrett Wilson and he just caught four passes right in a row for 40 yards and you just got all these points. That part of fantasy football is fun. It's a game. I think people are just trying to make you know, the whole sport more fun. And I listen, I've, I've got no problem with that at all.
0: Well, uh, we're going to get to that part in a second because I think there's some danger in that. But of course, I'm going to be the negative Nancy on this. Well, you guys all know that. By the way, uh, I think Garrett Wilson because I was bidding on a Garrett Wilson rookie card right now. So go ahead. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, to me, if we just kind of go back in time, let's just go back to like when fantasy really started to explode. I would say around 04.
1: yeah i would agree
0: uh consensus number one overall pick in 04 was probably priest holmes would be my guess um i'm actually i'm sure of that and then probably lt um back then when you were playing two running backs a tight end and two receivers the running backs got overvalued but it was very close to being realistic i think what fantasy could have done is just said hey play whatever lineup you want just as so long as you have five skill players outside of your quarterback. Sure. If you want to play four wide and a tight end, hey, NFL teams go empty all the time, right? You want to play. And then I think that would have been a great diversion. That would have been a great, excuse me, solution. Yes. um, And diversion from what fantasy evolved to. But instead of doing something like that, that would have been smart and that would have replicated being a real GM, putting a team on the field, uh, because look, if you're a coach and your GM's giving you four great receivers and you got a running back by committee, you might play those four receivers a lot, right? You might go empty. Um, instead of doing that, they did something completely different, and that's the part that really bothers me is that instead they just upped all the scoring with full point PPR. Do you see my my yeah. where I'm going with this? I, Sorry, I someone do. was at my door. I got a little uh, <laughs> I got a little off track.
1: That's all right. Uh, Can I make the argument why I kind of like the new format, especially in leagues that have super flex, why I like the super flex idea? Sure. So if you're not familiar with super flexes, just to explain it again, these are leagues in which you can play a quarterback as a flex. So it's the same scoring, typically four points for a passing touchdown, two points for an interception what it does is it actually brings up the value of quarterbacks because what we saw like, especially in like the mid 2010s is everybody was just waiting to draft a quarterback. Like you had Pete Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who were having awesome seasons. Yeah. And they were falling to like the fifth and sixth round of your draft because why draft those guys in round one when I can just wait until round 14 after everybody's picked a quarterback, grab Tony Romo and get very similar production. So what Superflex has allowed it to do is it boosts up the really good quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, like Josh Allen, because there's just there's more incentive to try to play two of those guys in your lineups every single week. So I do like that now. Quarterbacks are being valued at or around the same range as a top end running back. So let me ask
0: you about that. Sure. What What does it matter? Like why? Why does it matter that great quarterbacks weren't getting drafted till the fifth or sixth round? Is it because it wasn't very realistic because quarterbacks are much more important? I
1: mean, I think that was part of it, right? It also just felt really (laughs) weird that your quarterback, the most important position, was the least important position in fantasy. Okay.
0: Right? I want to stop you right there. So can you see where I'm going with this? I just kind of trapped you. Yeah, oh, I'm, hey, I'm not, I'm we want not we want Patrick Mahomes. Decision. Hold on, we want these quarterbacks to go higher because that's realistic. I mean, quarterbacks are so important to the game. These guys are so important. So we're going to make it more realistic by having two quarterbacks on the field at the same time, giving receivers one point for catching a. But nine there was also out.
1: there was also just it too made, many of them, none of it right? makes sense. But there was there was too many good quarterbacks where you could just hey I'm. Pick your quarterback. Tony Romo wasn't drafted in this league because hey, if you're playing a ten-team league, everybody drafts one quarterback. Some teams will draft two. I can just pick up quarterbacks every single week and play them in my spot. I, I, I think that part of it. I think there's a lot of people that wanted more of a challenge, having to decide who to start every week at quarterback.
0: And it increased points because it's very easy now for quarterbacks to get 20 points. I mean, when I started doing Fantasy Live on NFL Network my first year, we used to talk about if you get 15 points from your quarterback, that's a decent start. Sure. 15 points will get you beat now because of the way scoring is done.
1: Well, because of the running quarterbacks, especially. And we talked about this, Mm -hmm. I believe, on a show a couple weeks ago. Like, Justin Fields can have a horrendous passing game, but if he has 80 yards rushing and a touchdown... That's 14 points right there. That's, that's a good quarterback performance just on rushing yards alone.
0: So let me ask you this. W- one of the big selling points of pro football or football as a sport in general versus say basketball, where there's five guys on the field is football is what? Football is the ultimate what? Team game. Team game, right? So, for this the, this big selling point that I always hear that football is the ultimate team sport, all we want to do is literally make it all about the quarterbacks. It already is in the real game. It's already been ruined to a certain extent. Uh, that literally, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance. Um, and then, and we think the Chiefs are going to be favorites again. Is Kansas City the best twenty-two on twenty-two? Uh, no, or eleven on eleven. No. no, I think Philadelphia no. is right. Right but it's the quarterback. So now we have to do that with fantasy too. We have to make it all about the quarterbacks. I mean, because if you're starting two quarterbacks in a lineup, which by the way, does not resemble football (laughs) at all. Unless you're watching the Saints.
1: just to be clear. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, why not? Why don't we just have two starting pitchers? You know, Uh, one will be on on the mound and the other one will be throwing pitches from third base. I, I don't, I guess I just don't see the allure of it I I guess fantasy has taken on a life of its own where it really has nothing to do with real football. Is that fair to say? I,
1: I agree. And I think what we've seen now is leagues try to figure out a way to set up the scoring in your starting lineups where all four major positions, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, are all similar in terms of value and impact. And I was actually telling you this on the phone. There's a couple leagues that I play in where, it's 1.5 points per reception for a tight end, one for a receiver, half a point for a running back, just because there's not very many tight ends in the league that produce numbers. So you've got to get guys that can put up decent scoring days. Um, What are your thoughts on that? I think it's dumb.
0: I mean, the reason why tight ends don't, okay, let's, let's, let's backtrack. All right. So tight end, Uh, is become it's? We used to call it the fantasy wasteland. Trying to find a tight end on a waiver wire, or man, if you the worst was I used to miss the waiver wire all the time. I'd be trying to find a tight end on Friday. I mean, dude, you're you're talking about starting. Uh, was it Daniel
1: Fells? Uh, oh yeah. You know, you're you're. I I I can't even tell you how many times I started like Anthony Fasano, a Joseph Fourier for the Lions,
0: but isn't there a reason why there are so few tight ends that have 800 yards and nine touchdowns? Isn't there a reason?
1: There's only a couple good ones in the NFL. Why?
0: It's a hard position to play. It's a hard position to play, right? We don't need to, we're not trying to create fantasy stats for the left tackle. Why are we doing it? In other words, why are we inflating the tight end to bring it up? If you really want to inflate a position, you should inflate the fantasy defense. That's the spot that really, I mean, am I right? What's a good day from a fantasy defense? 10 points?
1: 10 points, yep.
0: Yeah, 10 points. Isn't that a little skewed? Yeah. So your offense scores on a good day, what, 130? Yeah. About? Yeah. Okay. All right. And your defense, it's 10.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Boy, this really ref- reflects football. It's yep. so, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's gotten to the point, like, fantasy football resembles football about as well as clue. You know, like it, I, I, you know, I mean, it might so, as well be Mrs. White. That's the housekeeper in Clue. I, if you know, I, I, Clue.
1: I got it. so I, I actually did. I wrote down a bunch of little changes or league quirks that I play in, and I, I just okay. want kind of rapid fire whether you like them or you don't like them. All right, I'm right? gonna,
0: I, I'm gonna answer. I just want you to understand that I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm just pushing back that the logic that you get for the oh. changes does not add up. It's like, hey, we need to inflate the tight end, but not the defense because the defense doesn't matter. And I'm going to tell you why I I really don't like this in a second, but I want to answer. Usually I'm giving you the rapid fire, so let's yeah, go. Yeah, so I've
1: got a lot of these. We'll, we'll be okay. really quick. Uh, let's go. Six points for passing touchdown instead of four. Don't like it.
0: I mean, okay. it's much harder for the guy to actually score it than the player to actually throw it.
1: All right, so standard is minus two points for an interception. The league that I play in is minus four for an interception.
0: Uh, I don't have any problem with that at all. I mean, interceptions are would you interceptions are far more detrimental than passing touchdowns are good in most circumstances.
1: So in the league I play, in, it's six points for a passing touchdown and negative four for an interception. Do you like right. that setup? It, 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 I I wish it was even, but that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. that's fine. Yeah, uh, the same league. You get a point for a completion, a negative point for an incompletion. So, what this basically rewards the quarterbacks that complete a high percentage of your passes? Don't like it
0: because Sam Bradford would have been an absolute stud in 2016 for throwing two yard
1: outs to Jarek McKinnon. But he doesn't get the rushing yards. So, like, it's a little, I think that's the comparison. Like, somebody like Justin Fields, who completed only five, 55% of his passes, he gets the rushing yardage boost, but he doesn't get the high completion percentage boost.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, why tweak it? Why not just go on yards like it originally was? It it was actually closer to realism when it went by yards, but they wanted more points for the dopamine hit. So now you're having to do trigonometry and have a TI-81 graphing (laughs) calculator to figure it out. If they would have just stuck with yardage, it would have been fine.
1: You wouldn't have to do all this balancing. Okay, go ahead. You take a team's running backs – and that's who you play, not a single player. So like if I drafted New England's backfield, I get all the points from the backfield. I get Ramondre Stevenson. I get Damien Harris. I get all their points together rather than having to just, just pick out one player.
0: Another thing I don't like, it's, it's another thing that makes it not realistic. And the reason they're doing that is because the proliferation of the running back by committee. Yes. You don't do that for the third receiver that gets no. 46 catches for... 590 yards and five touchdowns. Why is that different than the running back who runs for 630 yards? Plus it makes it,
1: it makes it way too easy. Like I want to have some conviction. Like if you think a a backup running back is better than the starter and he's eventually going to win out and the talent's going to win out draft that guy. Just yeah. Right.
0: Which basically what you're saying is fantasy is dumbing down football. Yes. 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 Okay. Go ahead.
1: Uh, Next one. This one's very common. Best ball. This best ball. If you're not familiar with best ball, you do not have to set your lineups every week. You, the, the software or the site automatically plays the, the best lineup for you every week for your highest p- possible points.
0: I have no problem with that. And I the reason why I, I, I just said, I don't like the dumbing down, but look, a lot of casual people play fantasy. They don't have time or they don't have time to do the research. That part I'm okay with as long as best ball plays more like a real lineup. But of course it doesn't because we have two quarterback <laughs> leagues and all this other stuff, but
1: I, yeah, I, I have no that. problem with that. Yeah. What I'm doing right now is a ton of best ball leagues where you draft a team in the summer of 18 players, and then you're, you're done. You don't change okay. the lineup at all. You don't acquire players. That's how the draft goes. I, I really enjoy that. Okay. Next one, mm-hmm. uh, free agent auction budget, which we call FAB. Instead of doing the waiver wire, you bid on players in free agency to determine whether you get them. So the order doesn't matter.
0: I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm, can I just say meh? I'm not really. Okay, that's fine. That doesn't move the needle. It doesn't move the needle for me. Uh, okay. Two
1: more for you. Yeah. IDP, which has become very popular over the last couple of years. It's indiv- individual defensive players. A lot of leagues that are starting out are just requiring you to start one defensive lineman, one linebacker, one defensive back. I think it's a better way to play than team defense because it helps you learn the players on the other side of the ball.
0: I would say it's not good for someone that doesn't have the time. But as long as you've got the time, I think that's great.
1: I think that's great. Okay. Last one. Yeah. You ready to get real, real nerdy here? Yeah. Yeah. Play in these called Debbie Fantasy Leagues, which is Mm kind of like a dynasty league. But what you do is you get one draft pick every year and you get to draft any player from the college football that's going to play in the upcoming college football season and you have their rights going into the following year. So like, for example, Caleb Williams is a quarterback at USC. Many people expect him to go number one. I can draft him now and hold his rights all the way through the year. Why not just have a draft when these guys are
0: eligible? I don't. I don't see because the now lure. you get to
1: now you're you're invested in college football as well.
0: Oh. I mean, sure. I mean, I it's. I mean,
1: you want to get even dirtier? Sure. Sure. I play in a super deputy league which means you get to draft high school prospects and you get to retain their rights through high Man. school and college in the NFL.
0: We wonder why the athletic does, can't do long form football articles anymore. I mean, I mean, this, look, this is a fair comment. Is it not? It is. I'll uh, listen. Is a fair comment.
1: I, I know this is it's ridiculous. Uh, listen, I I'm not advocating for anybody to spend their life this way. It's not, it's not a good way of life.
0: Hey, I want to just say something. I'm aware, everybody, that I sound like a real curmudgeon Carl. I get it. I'm not right. I'm just some dumb guy hosting the podcast, okay? I just don't like it, you know? So can I tell you why I don't like all this? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I think it's dangerous. And I think it's dangerous to the game that I used to love. Okay, if fantasy... Players, would you agree? I'm going to make some broad sweeping statements, okay? Would you agree on the whole fantasy, people that play fantasy football want more points? Yes. Yeah, because of what?
1: Dopamine hit. They like seeing the scoring, right?
0: Yeah, so your guy lines up for the national anthem, you get one point. Okay, cool. All right.
1: (laughs) Great. It would have been a big deal a while ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Do you... (laughs) Too soon, too soon, man. All right. Do you, do you, (laughs) uh, okay. Would you agree that whenever we hear like league owners meetings covered or whatever, we always hear a quote, like fans love scoring.
1: Yes. Every year.
0: Okay. Could you see a correlation to where eventually guys on the competition committee are going to continue to alter rules to increase scoring because they think fans like scoring a hundred percent. And would it be fair to say that the biggest driver now of fans liking scoring is not people watching the game thinking it's boring because we have too many seven to three games, but because the overwhelming majority of casual fans that the NFL is trying to attract, they don't have to attract their hardcore fans. No casual fans play fantasy football. Yes. So could fantasy football alter the actual sport?
1: I think it has in some ways, right?
0: Yeah. So I asked Marcus this earlier. I actually said to him, I said, I I think in the next five years, there will be an owner who wants to propose that quarterbacks cannot be hit in the pocket. Period. Yeah. At all. Like, I, I, I really hope that's sack. not the case. Next five to 10 years, some franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence is going to get hurt in week one. And Marcus pointed out, well, Tom Brady got hit in 2008 and that didn't happen. But what happened after Bernard Pollard
1: hit Tom Brady? Yeah, they made it. So you couldn't go low on a quarterback anymore, right?
0: Yeah. They didn't care about that when, you know, uh, you know, Tony Dorsett got hit low
1: <laughs> yeah. in a
0: game and missed, you know, games because of an ankle injury. None of that stuff. They don't care. They care about the quarterback because the quarterback has become so important to the NFL. And now fantasy quarterback has inflated importance because you could play quarterback in your flex. By the way, if y'all haven't played flex for a lot or fantasy for a long time, it used to be the flex was only a running back or a wide receiver. Then they made it to where you could play running back, wide receiver or tied in. Then they made two flex spots. And now you can play quarterback in the uh, flex. Okay. What happened when Peyton Manning threw three interceptions to Ty Law and the Patriots defense suffocated that incredible Colts offense. What happened?
1: We got a little bit more of an emphasis on illegal contact. Can't rough up the receivers as much. So am I being
0: crazy that the league would be willing to scale back the defense even further in the interest of upping scoring?
1: I'm just curious how they would do that.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, um, they could take away any bump and run if they wanted. I think they're going to take away hitting quarterbacks in the pocket. That's what I think they're going to do uh, eventually, or it's going to at least be proposed. But if, if all fans want are scoring, all these casual people want the dopamine hit of their fantasy team getting more points, why – okay, if I'm a dude and I got Juju Smith-Schuster and I'm like, well, why can't we have two points per reception? Or why can't I get five points for Juju getting a first down or a third down catch? This isn't that crazy to think about, right? Didn't you tell me ESPN's already doing standard first down points?
1: Yeah, it's it's becoming very popular.
0: Okay. So if I'm a casual fan and I say, yeah, I, I think that anytime a receiver catches a ball on third down, they should get an extra point because third down is really important. Okay. So the league adopts that. I'm just throwing this out there. If I'm a casual fan and I'm not like a a purist, right? Isn't that what we call fans that like, you know, the game the way it is or whatever? Yes. Okay. Okay. Would it, am I being unreasonable to suggest that I would also want the NFL games to have increased scoring as well?
1: No, I, 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 I could see that happening.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then, if this giant number of how many people do we think played fantasy? You told me the other day that underdog I, I, fantasy there was what two hundred and fifty thousand signups in June. Oh yeah,
1: they they filled a draft called the Puppy that was two hundred and fifty thousand single entries in like twelve hours. Okay, so twenty five dollars entry fee.
0: How many people do you think play fantasy, play in multiple fantasy football leagues, not just one league, oh, but millions. multiple leagues? Millions, right? Let's just mm. let's just call it five million. Well that's probably really low, but we'll call it five million. Wouldn't you agree the NFL cares very much about those five million fans? Absolutely. Very, very much. Yes. How many people worried do you think that that this is...
1: football last Go year? Ahead.
0: Honestly, I think it's probably closer to thirty-five million.
1: I've got the number right here. Yeah. Fifty point four million.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm thinking of more of the multiple league people, not Cause that 50.4 probably includes some people that were like in a fantasy league and never set their lineup. <laughs> you know, those people They're sure. like, yeah, I'll do the league in the office. Cause you need like that 10th person and yeah. they set their lineup week one and they never set it again. And then they yes. win the league. Yes. That's always the best. <laughs> the guy that never, you know, never sets the lineup, but has no injuries and wins the league. I love that. Yes. Um, anyway, can you understand my concern that? Oh, of course. Yeah. And so, Look, I, at the same time, I have to understand this is the way things change. I, I, a great analogy I think is the movie business, you know, um, you know, 20 years ago, one of my, I was talking to Marcus that Marcus's what top three favorite movie is heat.
1: You guys have watched ever it the other day.
0: It? Yeah. And I, I rewatched it cause he loves it so much and asked me to rewatch it and it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal movie. Okay. How, my, how many movies, Marcus, do you think per year get made like Heat? Three, maybe. You
1: think in a year? Maybe.
0: I'll go 0. 0.5. <laughs> well, oh, I think
1: yeah. there are some good indie movies that we get every once in a while. But yeah. like you're talking about like the big blockbuster movies that are like non-superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a it's, lot of
0: action and big budget.
1: Yeah. It's – I mean – Great Great directors. And especially if you take out, like, franchise movies, like mm-hmm. Fast and the Furious and that kind of stuff. But, like, epics, I don't get yeah. very many. I mean, this summer, we're going to get one. We're going to get Oppenheimer. Yeah, I know. I can't wait.
0: That's it. That's all we're getting, you know? Uh, how how much did people love Top Gun Maverick? Oh, they, lo- loved, they it. loved it. Yep. You know why people love Top Gun Maverick? Because they don't make those movies anymore. Yeah. You know? So... All these people are like, oh, quit being a curmudgeon Carl about superhero movies. They had no idea how many were coming down the pike. How many superhero movies have been made now in the last 12 years? 80? I, I, probably more than that. Yeah. And the reason they do it is because high school kids will go watch these movies five times. And I get it. It makes money. And so I'm, I'm worried that the NFL is going to respond to that kind of uh, – impetus or whatever you want to call it I, do you think if you think i'm overreacting
1: how many how many I'll, superhero I'll, movies do you think are being released in 2023 i have no idea nine no idea.
0: nine you know <laughs> when ford versus ferrari i don't know if you guys saw right. that but if there's mm-hmm. a movie you're looking to watch there's a uh, did you enjoy ford versus ferrari I did. it was fantastic man mm-hmm. it was fantastic and i i watched it and i was like my gosh they don't make movies like this anymore no, it's true. and so Um, I'm worried about that happening with football. I'm worried that this batch of owners, as we've already talked about with Peacock and stuff, they're so chasing the money that they are altering the very fundamental nature of the game. And I'm worried that fantasy is a bigger
1: driver of that than gambling is. Are you worried that like broadcasts eventually are going to turn too much into – because we've talked about this before. like. Mm -hmm when is gambling going to become a featured part of a like Sunday night football broadcast or a Thursday night football broadcast? At what point is fantasy going to become, Hey, like we need to be talking on the broadcast about how many fantasy points Drake London just bought his football card uh, has, has in the second quarter of this game.
0: I think it will be done graphically. So there I was an, so. in, there was initial surge of this, Uh, Right when I got into the industry uh, in the early 2000s, where they would run the lower third and you would see like Ben Tate, two rushes minus three yards, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and then they realized people don't want that intrusive stuff. It it was stupid. They weren't being smart about it. Um, They were doing it too often. But I think what you'll see now is Drake London catches a 12 yard out. Instead of just sewing his catch and yards, you'll have one extra category that's a little less intrusive that just says fantasy points. Yeah, the problem I will is say, there's uh, not much of a standard scoring. That's system the right issue, now.
1: right? Because like, yeah. I think the standard eventually, and it really is now. I, I, we, we talked about this on the phone. ESPN and NFL.com have made PPR their standard scoring. So, like, if you log in, you just want to play a fantasy league, that's the default setting. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we ultimately see that. I do think because of fantasy football, and I, I noticed this, I think this was in the late 2000s, early 2010s, it was the first time like you were watching a Fox broadcast, Des Bryant catches a pass, and right, not underneath the scoreboard, but right next to it in like a little gray box would show, it would say D Bryant, six for 67 yards. And the mm-hmm. only reason they're doing that after every catch or after every run is for fantasy owners that are yeah. watching a game, They want to see, okay, how many yards is Dez up to now, right? Yeah. I,
0: you know, here's the thing. I, the only thing I liked about fantasy ever was any part of it that replicated a version of the game. That's because I grew up, I played like a game called Stratomatic Football, which was a board game where you could recreate, you know, kind of the game and Madden. That was supposed to be the big allure of Madden, right? Like you're playing the real thing.
1: I played electric football. Did you ever play electric football?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Where you try to make your like guy turn on a little buzzer and just yeah. But then what would happen is you your running back would start to go to the hole, and then he would start spinning around. Yeah, he'd like lose two yards. Bad vision. But uh, trying to throw the ball with that little perforated (laughs) the plastic quarterback and then pulling the arm back. Yeah. I'd always rocket the ball right out of the stadium, you know? <laughs> but um, what I was going to say is like, look, it's called fantasy football. If the point is, hey, l we don't need it to be anything close to the real thing. It's a totally separate entity. It's just a game. Hey, I'm cool with that. I really am. I get it, you know? The thing is, and we talked about, uh, you and I, about Tom Clancy's um, Ghost Recon or some of these video games. Call They used yep. to try to, Call of Duty, they used to try to replicate the real stuff and now don't really do that. The difference between that when an arcade or, or video game isn't that realistic is it doesn't influence any larger entity, but fantasy, I do think influences the competition committee because they think fans want scoring. And I am legitimately worried about that 72 to 45 game that we see in college football. I mean, do you like that?
1: Do you do you? No, but like I, I think sixty-one I, to fifty-five. I think college football doesn't like that either. That's why they've made some changes. They they even made a change this year. It used to be every time that you got a first down, the clock stopped until they reset to change. So they've gotten rid of that, which I know mm-hmm. a lot of college football diehards are not fans of, but it made it too easy to score. It, you know, you could have too many possessions in a game, so. I do wonder, like we saw last year in the NFL that scoring was down across the board. Yeah. If we have another year like that, that's what I wonder. Like, will the NFL step in and be like, hey, we've got to figure out something to get scoring up? Because there were a lot of games in primetime last year, like that Colts-Bronco game that we keep mentioning a lot. That was, you know, a 13-9 to game was just really ugly.
0: You know, but I think last year was like a dead ball year. In baseball, okay. Um, if you're an old school baseball fan, you remember 1988 when the home runs all dropped off precipitously and Tony Gwynn won a batting title hitting 313. Nobody ever wins a batting title hitting. That's a good average. Don't get me wrong. But that'd be like a quarterback winning the passer rating title, Marcus, at 90.0, you know, and I think last year was a little bit of a dead ball year for quarterbacks. I think let's take that those two teams, right? Broncos, Colts. Did anyone think Matt Ryan was going to fall off the, the that quickly? I didn't. And no one thought Russell Wilson was going to have that bad a year, you know? So um, I don't think that's going to happen again. But to kind of just get this back to the point, I just don't want – I know how much fantasy football influences the the kind of average fan, not the diehards. Not that the diehards are any better than the average fan. I'm just stating a fact. It's the average fan – that the NFL is trying to capture. They know the diehards are going to watch the championship games and watch them both. The diehards are going to watch the 49ers when they don't have a quarterback to play in the second half against the Eagles. They're still going to watch it. You know, the diehards are going to watch the Super Bowl and, and, you know, not be uh, standing by the French onion dip, but the casual fans, right. Are, are, are different. And unfortunately, or fortunately the casual fans influence The game and um it's like anything else in life bro when you get too much of something it lessens the value of it we we we, you and i have talked about this a lot with like the black friday games like how much are you going to saturate this i'm worried about scoring being saturated
1: because of the proliferation of fantasy that's the bottom line i think we're going to learn a lot this year right like do we see a more of an emphasis on pass interfer- interference or illegal contact? Mm-hmm, Do we see mm-hmm. quarterbacks really not getting hit because players are afraid of getting flagged, or more importantly, getting fin- fined? I think. Well, this is a this is a big year.
0: Are they going to go back to reviewing PI and and call a, no. a hold on the Eagles Chiefs? You, you know what I mean? Like the the um, I try to remember who grabbed him. Uh, on that little turnout play. Uh, uh,
1: it was Juju. I don't even remember who it was. Was it Russell yeah. Douglas?
0: Ah, cookies and cream. No, no. What Eagles defensive back? Is it Darius gone? Slay? No. The Bradbury. Bradbury. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that, you know, and uh, I, I got to ask you one more thing here. Sure. Cause this is something you told me about. And <laughs> if, Okay. If you guys are out there listening to me and you're like, Elliot, okay, enough. We know you don't like it. I'm with you. I get it. Sometimes I just need to stick a sock in it. But, but I know a lot of y'all out there don't like a trophy for every kid. I, I know I hear so many people complain about that now that everyone gets a trophy, even if you're 0 and 12 and you lost 88 to nothing every week. Okay will you please explain to the listeners so they don't think that I'm being crazy what nfl.com decided to do cuz i don't think most people know this
1: well the, the, I, I misspoke when i was on the phone this is actually the Scott Fishbowl which is a big charity football oh okay player. so it wasn't nfl.com no it wasn't was nfl.com this. but this is this is the biggest fantasy football league there's mm-hmm. there's this is like 12,000 people play in this league Yeah, all yeah. of your favorite uh, fantasy football analysts play but yeah To make it more of a positive experience, no points, no lost points for fumbles, no lost points for interceptions. You get points for every carry, every passing attempt, every first down, uh, just to create a positive atmosphere.
0: Okay, so let's put that (laughs) – sorry, man. You don't want me to say anything, do you? I mean, I just – it's fine. Okay, besides the fact that Kirk Cousins is going to win the MVP. <laughs> okay, so now. let's just get this straight. So let's say Kyler Murray throws five interceptions in the first three quarters of the game, and the Cardinals are losing 35-7. to But because they're losing 35-7 to in the fourth quarter, Green Bay puts in their backups on defense and just lets them complete balls and run the clock out. So Kyler Murray throws three touchdowns and runs for a fourth in the fourth quarter. He not only has, he has the best game of the week in fantasy because not only does he score all those points, but none of those interceptions are taken away from him. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) So you can literally have quarterbacks who are lousy still have really, really good games. It used to be like sometimes the average or to good quarterback, like a Carson Palmer, when he was with the Raiders, would get garbage points and he'd end up being valuable. But Carson Palmer could still play. But now you could have, like, uh, Sam Howell have four turnovers, but because he runs for two late touchdowns, he ends up being a star.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: How long before NFL.com goes to this kind of uh, Uh, format? I'll say two years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Depends how this league goes.
0: Yeah, so you guys think I'm crazy. We're headed there, you know, so I'm, uh, you know, I don't know.
1: I, yeah. I, I think okay, it's I'm done you're negative. not going to be playing in very many fantasy leagues this year. I, I,
0: hey, so I don't want to end this on a, on a negative note. So give me some of the positive changes that you've seen in fan. Cause you've been playing a long time, mm-hmm. by the way, everybody, Marcus, I know I say this sometimes, but I'll reiterate it again. Marcus hosts a dynasty. What's it called? I always forget. Uh, locked on dynasty name. football. It's locked on dynasty. That's right. Oh yeah. gosh. How could I forget that? You're on there
1: twice a week, right? But it's a a
0: four-day-a-week show, I think? Yep. Um, What is it, like Monday through Thursday?
1: Monday through Thursday during the season, Monday through Friday. Yep.
0: Okay. Uh, By the way, if y'all don't play Dynasty, Dynasty just means you actually keep the players that you draft for multiple years, unlike other leagues where you literally start over every single year. Okay. You've been doing that podcast for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. By the way, everybody, it was Marcus's idea. He pitched on on that. So kudos to you. You've been playing Fantasy for a long time. Tell me three of the biggest trends in the right direction you've seen in fantasy without over
1: nerding it. Well, I I do think that what I've seen over the last 20 years is that fantasy has become way more appealing to just everybody, not just the diehard football fans. I was telling you, I play in a fantasy league that is a, it's a 20 team league with all of my aunts and uncles and cousins. And that is so much fun. It's so much fun to be able to take on, my aunt Kathy in a fantasy league. And for for her who casually watches a few games a year to know what's going on, to know the players, I I think that's absolutely awesome. That's number one. I also love how many different leagues that you can play in. Now, if you want to play in a best ball league and you want to draft right Mm -hmm. now, you -hmm. can do that. If you want to play in a dynasty league because you like the idea of, Hey, I think this guy's talented. I want to hold on Mm -hmm. to him through his entire Mm -hmm. career. I think that's incredible as well.
0: Um, I think it's a really good point, uh, about it does introduce the game to a lot of casual people in a way that doing a college basketball bracket, doesn't college yes. ball, basketball bracket. You are just hoping your team wins, but you're not necessarily learning anything about the teams that are playing. When you play fantasy, you are learning. I just think it was a little bit easier to learn before when the game resembled a yes. little bit more of the real game. But I'm with you. I mean, it would have been awesome if my granny could have played fantasy against me.
1: You know, I I would have loved that. And I'll give you one more. Uh, One of the reasons that I love playing fantasy football is it allows me to stay in touch with, like, some high school buddies. So I'm in uh, another fantasy league, 12 teams. It's all some high school friends from, you know, 15 years ago. And we get together every year to do our draft in person. And one of the things that we do, we've done every year is we do an auction draft, which if you've never done an auction draft, it is so much fun. You get into these bidding wars you get everybody together. There's a a certain energy about it where if you do a snake draft, it's just so boring. And if you're picking at the end, you've got to wait forever and then it's slow pace, but an auction draft is fast. You're bidding on players. You're you're talking the whole time. It's just a, a really fun experience.
0: It's a great way to keep. I, I think that's a great point. It's it's and it's better than doing it through Facebook yes. or Meta, yes. uh, where like you know you say I'm so sick of eye boogers, and the next thing you know you have advertisements for Kleenex and eye yes. drops showing up on your phone. So yeah, if you want to keep uh, track of your sorority sisters or your fraternity brothers, do a fantasy league. Don't do it through Meta. Yes. Or I'm You're ruining doing a sponsorship. I, I I, Meta, you you I love you guys that. a lot, but. Yes.
1: I promise Sorry. you, once you do an auction draft, you will never ever go back to a snake draft.
0: Uh yeah. Auction drafts are fun. You just need two and a half hours. Uh Which is a fine. regular yeah, You're getting, you're yeah, getting a re- together
1: anyways to draft. You might as well have right. fun when you're doing it.
0: Right. A regular draft's like what, 45 minutes on yeah. your computer, maybe yeah. 50. Yeah. Um, listen, we Marcus and I did a series of podcasts uh about a month ago where we were both negative Nancy's the whole week. Remember that? It was like the negative yep. power ranking show week. Today it was just me. Uh, that's why I'm glad, but, uh, uh, final thoughts sir, on just the topic of fantasy and affecting NFL, uh, globally. What do you think?
1: I think overall, there's been some negative things to come out of fantasy too much focus on players. There's some negative stuff where you see play- people going on Twitter and criticizing their fantasy players after game that, that stuff is awful. However, I think for the most part, fantasy has been really good for the NFL. It puts more people watching games that typically wouldn't watch the NFL. It's brought in billions of dollars to a league that I think was getting a little bit stale, like in the early 2000s. I think think it's been a net positive for the NFL.
0: Honestly, it might have saved
1: the NFL. Yeah,
0: Because all it would have taken is one network to say, nope, we're not upping the ante this year, and another network doesn't step in. And now you're not, you know, you always have this increased uh, amount of revenue you're getting from TV. Once that stagnates, you can have a, a couple backpedals. And, and I think fantasy uh, definitely staved that off and gambling to another extent. But we will we'll talk about fantasy some more, uh, maybe not this wide ranging, but we're definitely going to do uh, some mock draft stuff from Marcus because it's really slow right now in June. And uh, we might do some more Marcus's spreadsheets. So look forward to that. Uh, If you want to hear some serious Cowboys spreadsheet talk, go over to Locked On Cowboys. He hosts it with Landon McCool. As I said, he does the uh, Locked On Dynasty uh, podcast and covers the Raiders for USA Today. And he's also at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. Really appreciate you guys sticking with us for a long one today. And we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your weekend.